0: The Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track. Everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Homeownership. A dream? Just a dream? Or is it a reality? Hi, this is Yetta Decker and today I have an extra special guest. Silas, all the way from Kenya to join us on the Inside Track. So we welcome you to another episode where we're going to talk about ideas, techniques, thoughts, tools that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone to turn our house into our home where our families thrive and where we can just live the best life possible. So Silas, as I think about how tough it was for Ken and I to get started in buying our first home, that it's not necessarily a given, that it takes a lot for us. And then I recognize that for some, it's even harder than it was for us to get started. And it's getting harder and harder because the interest rates are going up, right? In Canada, things are getting, they're good and things are getting harder because the prices are going up. If the interest rates aren't up, the prices are up. And so today on today's show, we're going to learn this episode, we're going to learn what it takes for somebody that is an immigrant to Canada to actually buy their first home. And you're going to help us explore that. So, Silas, what does it take for someone to own their first home when they haven't always lived here? How is that different? Uh,
1: Thank you, Yeta, for bringing me on board this show. Uh, And when we talk about home ownership, moving from Kenya and coming into Canada uh, was a bit of a challenge. (laughs) Just Uh, a bit? Very huge challenge. Because when we first came, when I first moved here, rent was so high. And uh, the quick thought was, I can't do this forever. Mm-hmm. And so right away, I started looking into what are the possibilities of owning a home. And the, the, to be able to, the deposit that is needed, securing a mortgage, uh, it was all, it, it looked elusive, but I believe if you work hard on it, you achieve it.
0: Right. And you came to Canada with a university degree. You were well-educated. You had a great position already in Kenya and Mm. you relocated to Canada Mm. to be with my wife. Okay. Yes. To be with your wife in Canada. Yes. And so your schooling and your job that you had there, did that assure you an amazing job in Canada?
1: Not necessarily, and that is, that's that's I guess another story coming into Canada as a microbiologist, uh, and uh, it wasn't easy to transition, as as I expected. So, uh, as a microbiologist, my first job was actually with McDonald, Downtown Street Rideau Center, and uh, that was that was a tough time. And so, when you talk about earning the minimum wage and, and, and having this huge rent to pay uh, and thinking about owning a home. But I, I, I moved very fast. Uh, again, uh, I want to thank Canada that it is a land of opportunities. If you know your steps, then you are able to walk it. Okay, fast.
0: so what steps did you work? so that you could qualify for a mortgage because clearly on minimum wage working at McDonald's, you're not going to qualify for a mortgage.
1: The first thing was to look for the right job, which I transitioned pretty fast. I think within the first six months, Uh, my credentials were translated into Canadian credentials and approved. And I was able to get a a job which was Uh well-paying. And then I started planning towards my home ownership But that was also, it needed a serious determination and hard work. What I want to emphasize here is that home ownership is not just something you say, I want to own a home and you get it. Uh, You work towards it. Saving the money to be able to have the first uh, uh, deposit. The down payment. The down payment was not easy because the down payment, by then when I my first house, when I bought it, I bought a house. Uh, for $250,000 right. and uh, the down payment uh, 10% was 25000
0: And as a new immigrant, could you qualify for a 5% down or did you have to come up with 10% down?
1: Uh, I think I had to do 10% down. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, so yes. then you started saving. Yes. So your first step was get a good get a, job get, that a good al- job get a job that allowed you to start saving money. Yes. and then your next step was saving some money.
1: Yes. And then the third step was to be able to get a, a get a, a mortgage agent who would get you mortgage with the right interest rate.
0: Right. So you looked for a mortgage specialist instead of just going to your local bank. No. Right. So that your mortgage specialist could shop the best rate possible and the best term possible. Yes.
1: yes. For you. For, for yes. That for we, given your situation. That was the case. Okay. And then the third step was to be able to get. An agent, uh, a a, a realtor, who would
0: be able to... The fourth step. We're on the fourth step, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the fourth step is getting a realtor that could work with you, understanding what your parameters were, and work with the mortgage specialist.
1: Yes. And within the ability of what you are able to secure in terms of finances.
0: Right. So somebody would listen to what you actually had to say. Yes. Rather than follow a different agenda.
1: It is very important to work with people who understand your heart. They would know you, understand your ability and capacity, so that they work for they work in your interest mm. rather than in their interest. And I, I thank God I worked with great people.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. So when you bought your first house, what did it feel like to own a home?
1: Oh, that was so huge! That was relieving to know that uh, now I wasn't just paying rent. um, The mortgage that I was paying, which was more or less my rent, was not just going away. It was my investment. Every month I paid my mortgage, I knew it was my investment towards my home ownership, and that was, I think, that was the most uh, one of my achievements that I would count. I did achieve.
0: That was huge for
1: you. That was very huge for me, and for your wife. And not just for me, for for as a family. Yeah. When when you first own a home, it it is it's a great achievement that you enjoy both, and there's a relief because now you start building equity. Yes, you start building into your wealth
0: which is so much nicer than building into somebody else's wealth.
1: It is so great because rent as you pay it you'll never come back to it. You'll never it is never an investment to to you. It is it's is an investment in somebody else's pocket.
0: Right. So you so when you're paying rent, the investment well it's, it's it, an it, it's investment li- for someone else. It's
1: a liability to you, an investment to the to the to the landlord. Right. Yeah.
0: Wow. Have you ever wondered, how do I know when it's time to move? Well, in this episode, we're actually going to explore exactly that. We've created for you over 403 episodes of the Inside Track where we share ideas, tools, techniques, and thoughts, insights, insider tips, things that we need to know so that we can make amazing decisions along the way of life, both at home and absolutely anywhere. So these shows are available to you on the go, at home, or just um, listening on CHRI or tuning tuning into our YouTube channel. So today I have an amazing guest with me, back with me on, and Silas is going to help us explore because in a previous episode, the previous part we talked about why homeownership in Canada is so fantastic, mm-hmm. and now we transition to quickly knowing when it was time to sell that home. Mm-hmm. So what happened, Silas?
1: Well Yeta, uh, the decision to sell a home that you have bought one eh, I would say it is a it's a roller coaster moment when you have to transition and sell this home. But so many things come into play. Are you moving into a new place for a job? Have you gotten a transfer from one area to another? Mm. Uh, all this uh, you know uh, has have you lost family and but for us quickly if we don't if I don't uh, take a lot of time we had to move and for us it was an adventurous call to walk with God into a new place and uh, God had called us to go and serve him in kenya
0: In Kenya, in Kenya, so you can't really own a home in Canada when you're living in Kenya.
1: Well, you could because it, and those those were options we looked at. Uh, Possibly leave the house and rent it out and let it still build equity and and earn rent out of it. But dynamics and logistics of the move sometimes are different. And uh, again, we were very early in our family. We didn't have much. Investment yet, and so it was imperative that we sell the house and take and the equity that take had the grown. Equity that had grown, and move to where to what God was calling us into, and so that's what we did. And uh, you guys were great in helping us do that again to to move to, to Kenya.
0: Right. So as you think about the decision to move back to Kenya. You considered keeping some equity in a house here. Yes. And you decided there hadn't been enough time for enough to be built to make it worthwhile or able to really pull enough out to help you in your move.
1: Yes. The the wisest decision that I still know I would have made then, and this is in case I had enough uh, uh, savings, enough assets, enough equity was to be able to leave the house and rent it out. And I know that was a blunder on my side, but again, I don't regret it because that was my situation at that time. Mm-hmm. And as I said, we were a new family, uh, not much asset, uh, not much equity, not much investment in terms of assets to be able to, to move and leave this house. So we had to sell it so that we could get that equity on top of it to, to do what we needed to do.
0: Right. So what was the tough part for you of selling? What made it such a, because it sounds like it was the right decision. It was clear. You knew you had a mission in Kenya. Mm -hmm. You knew you wanted to take the money with you. And yet what was difficult?
1: The difficulty is, is walking into the unknown that that is very difficult especially in this dimension when you are moving under the direction of God where mm-hmm. where it is a a, a god led calling right you don't know what is there for you in the next phase of life but because you believe and your heart resonates that God has called you to do it you you respond to that this was not a walk of thinking within a month and saying, oh, we are moving to Kenya and we, are, we moved. This was a thought that took us over three years to think about it, to pray about it, to talk, to seek counsel. Uh, but as much as we were seeking counsel and talking to people to, and pray, but you know, when God talks to you, it is you whom God has talked to that knows and clearly has had Every other person can give you their idea, and uh, it is great to seek counsel, so that you can you can you can you can see and 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 here again is God really talking? But at the end of the day, it is you that God talked to you. Will you respond? Will you obey? Or, and so for us, it was three years of tough decisions: Do we sell? Do we do what? And where we were moving was not uh, of great life as in Canada. So that was another perspective of making those decisions. We would not have similar opportunities to own a home in Kenya as we had in Canada.
0: And why would it not be similar opportunities? So that's an interesting factor. If we're moving whether it's from Canada to Kenya or whether I'm relocating for my job but I'm going to a city potentially that the real estate's much higher and I can't own there right mm-hmm. that would be a very similar situation mm-hmm. so what what was what was that about for you to be able to give up the idea possibly of owning a home
1: uh, as I said for us moving was a call of God but the reason that it would make it difficult because in Kenya, the interest rates are very high. They are mm-hmm. unreasonably high. When you talk about mortgaging a house at thirteen, fourteen 14% interest rate, uh, actually just recently, the government had capped that interest rate. The interest rate could go as far as 19%. Mm. It, for me, from the economics, it is like you've sold your life. You know, it, it, You'll never you'll never achieve 100% ownership. You'll right. probably be like paying rent and the bank will own the, the property forever. Uh, and so uh, those dynamics are not the same. Number two is that in Kenya, real, real estate, the profession, is not yet synchronized into the system. Uh, as, as in here, we have brokers, but they are brokers who want to Get a kill. It is not controlled. Mm. It is so a broker can take forty percent of what is and, and and it is so the realities. And number two, the, the, the money value in Kenya. You know mm. uh, how much are you able to get in Kenya? The lifestyle. What what are you paid? Considerate to what you earn here for the same service. Those are huge factors. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. So sometimes the whole idea of hearing a message and then being able to respond to it are two very different things is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Like you've got to seek counsel, you've got to check out all the options, you've got to think long-term and think long and hard before you make a decision. It is. Because the decision is as I think you've said, irreversible. Yes. Once you've made it, it's now difficult for you to leave Kenya again and come back to Canada to buy another home. You're going to start over again.
1: You are going to start
0: over again. And it's not always fun to start over again. So what we're encouraging is just think Big term, long term, before you make a decision, get great counsel, and we're excited to be able to do that with you. Is Canada really the land of opportunity to own a home? Welcome to the Inside Track on the Deck on the Decker Team with the Decker Team on real estate, and I'm here with Silas from Kenya. Yes. Uh-huh, and I'm Yeta Decker, and what we're going to do today is really explore um, how the contrast is in Canada versus Kenya. And we're using Kenya as the example because Silas has owned real estate in Canada and he's owned real estate in Kenya. So he is actually more of an expert than I am. And here's the fun thing is whether we're talking Kenya or we're talking another country in the world, there's a lot of various ways that real estate actually happens. So although his story to me sounds sensationalized, as we share the contrast, it sounds like that can't be true. It really is. It and it is. isn't that dissimilar to other places in the world. Mm-hmm. So even if you're thinking, well, I'm never going to own in Kenya. What does that have to do with me? Well, I think what it has to do with you is to reinforce a Canada is an incredible mm-hmm. opportunity, a land of opportunity to own real estate and if you're going to be buying real estate somewhere else in the world, you're actually going to want to connect with your Canadian realtor to have them connect you with a realtor in another country because the controls are not the same, is what I've heard you say. That's why it sounds sensational, Silas. They are not the same. So so share your story. Let's just…
1: One, I want to say that Canada is a great country – The systems in buying homes are plain and clear. Expectations are out there. You know, when you're engaging a a realtor or engaging a mortgage specialist, you know that they are going to work for your best interest. In countries like Kenya, where we've we've worked and also owned a a home...
0: And you own a home now?
1: Yes. It is different because those rules are not clearly stipulated there there is no control mechanism so the the mortgage uh, agents and the realtors they are basically quote by quote brokers and uh, like if 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 i wanted to sell my house mm-hmm. uh, i would i would i would get somebody who can get a, a buyer who will be a broker and i will tell them that I want a million for this house. And we will talk and we will agree the best I can get, the best that I want is a million. Anything he makes on top of that is his share, is his cut. So he will engage the buyer and he can tell the buyer, there's a house, a good house at 1.5. Whatever is on top is his deal. It is his cut. I have no, and because I have that agreement with him, I can't go back and tell him no. So with that, you might find he gets 40% on your property.
0: Well, in that case, it's 50
1: Yes, he can do that if he's, if he's able to get somebody who will buy it at that price within your timing. But here, these, the, everything is plain and clear. And and it works for both the buyer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for both the seller because the price is, it is not like the buyer knows I've bought it at 1.5 and the seller knows I've sold it at 1 million. Uh, the buyer will know that I've bought it at 1 million and the seller will know I sold it at 1 million. And the percentage of whatever the, the commission to the to the buyer's realtor mm-hmm. and the seller's realtor here in Canada is stipulated in law and that is agreeable
0: to you and that
1: is what it is but you
0: know in advance you know, you know in advance. the percentage yes and so i think what you were saying even before we got on the air is here your experience in Canada was it felt like the realtor was working for you. Yes. Whether buying or selling. Yes. The realtor was on your side. And, and you were
1: not worried, like, what have they done behind, you know? You, you are very clear that this, this is everybody, everybody's working for me.
0: So there's a level of trust. Yes. That doesn't exist in many other parts of the world. Yes. As it comes to hiring a service professional. So are you signing as a buyer in Kenya... Other than the agreement of purchase and sale, are you signing anything else?
1: Yes. You, what people do now is that yeah. they get it to a, a, a different level where you engage a lawyer and the lawyer would do actually in Kenya, if you want to buy property, engage a credible lawyer. And and that's another, that's another uh, slippery path to walk. So, in short, in Canada, <laughs> I found everything is plain and clear. And you, when you start a track, you know this is the track that I'm gonna go. And uh, it's a great land with great laws. And yeah.
0: So it's plain and clear, simple to follow. Yes, if you are expectations
1: clear- are clearly stipulated. So when you engage, you engage with all the cards on the table and not some under the table. And with your eyes open. And with your eyes. Your
0: eyes are wide open and you're not thinking what's going on back there or what about over here or what's going on behind my back. It sounds sensational, but sometimes
1: I've always wished that countries like Kenya would adopt some of the things that would help everybody. I've I've always asked even uh, like with the banking sector, if banks if the government would create systems to help the citizenry and, and ensure that, uh, like even just bank rates to secure a loan or a mortgage would be comparable to the to this other part of the world, Kenyans would try. There are so many people who can make great advantages and do what an average Canadian is doing. Because
0: they work just as hard.
1: Yes, they, they work. You du- work just as hard, hard in Kenya as you did in hard. Canada? Oh, doubly hard to get... <laughs> To get a meager pay, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: And so, how did you navigate to? own, Because I know you now own a home in Kenya. Yes. So, how did you navigate that journey? Uh,
1: it it wasn't easy either, but uh, I I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't buy an already built home, but I chose the harder path to build my house by myself on stages until it was complete.
0: And how many years did that take?
1: That took me five years. It can take less, uh, less depending on availability of resources. It could take a year mm-hmm. if you had all the resources. But for us, again, we worked it over five years.
0: Wow. And so in Kenya, the nice advantage is the climate is a little hotter.
1: Yeah, it is temperate. Uh, <laughs> it is hot climate. So you can work through the year. You can work outside right. January
0: to January. Right. Yes. And then when you weren't living in the home you were building, you were living in a rental premises. Yes. Or at times, I know you've lived in the village. Yes. In a a mud hut, basically, Mm -hmm. is how we would describe it. And that is a home. And that's another whole show. Yes. That's another whole show to
1: to live live on. you, You know, like, I would say I don't have the statistics To my hand, but I'm definite it is not more than 30% of Kenyans who own permanent or modern housing.
0: And when we say permanent modern houses, we're talking cinder block built out of block,
1: concrete. Bricks, concrete blocks, and uh, probably having electricity and running water in it. Right. Uh, I, I would say not more than 30%. Wow. The, the, the rest of the people, they call them homes, but they are homes that would not have any value attached to it. Right. Yes, And so if you look at that and uh, uh, consider that, that that would not be per se called proper housing, then mm-hmm. as a nation, we have a long way to go. Right. And uh, I would still say Canada is a great land of opportunity. And if you are living in this land, fight hard to own a home because if you do then you'll have
0: made many notches in life okay so here you've heard silas say it fight hard work hard do what it takes to get a home because it is a way of building a, a home for your family a place to live and we all need somewhere to live so thanks for joining us on the inside track we love being your partners on the journey moving forward with the decker team moving forward together with the decker team